This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op, offering fuel, food, and drinks on Highway 13. Arcola Co-op, you're at home here. Today we take a look at this week's grain markets. Prices have taken a serious drop this week, both wheat and canola. We have an outlook on the pea market following a major conference this week. The election farm debate was sponsored by the Canadian Federation of Agriculture last night, and we have details from all three major parties. We also take a look at the Manitoba crop report. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And Mazenk Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazenk, 306-721-6667. Wheat and canola markets have taken a big drop this week. PI Financial Commodity Futures Advisor Adam Pacallo says canola is down $35 per metric ton and spring wheat has declined 47 cents a bushel this week. Well, Jim, starting off on canola, November canola is down about $35 a ton here this week. Uh, again, short trading week with Monday, that was the holiday. Now, since August 27th, November canola is down about $62 a ton. So a decent drop in that market. Minneapolis wheat uh, down as well, too, about $0.47 cents a bushel here this week alone. So that drop large happened from yesterday and today we are recovering a little bit now Minneapolis wheat is up about four and a quarter cents sitting at 876 and three quarters as as we're talking here I have 860 as a level I do want to see Minneapolis wheat hold which it has been doing that here for some time so one thing I am going to be watching is for that level to be holding kind of for next week. StatsCan does come out for a model-based crop production report on uh, next week, actually on Tuesday. So that's definitely something to keep in mind. Today, however, there was a USDA report that could have been a, a market mover. When it came to soybeans and corn, those are the main two crops. Corn and soybean yields for the U.S. came in just a little bit above trade expectations, though not by much. So there weren't really any surprises there. Ending stocks in the U.S. for corn and soybeans are higher than last month's estimates, but again, pretty close to trade estimates. Now, the one thing that happened actually was the USDA reduced uh, Brazil's corn crop by about a million tons. So that's kind of, we are seeing beans up here today, 15 cents, uh, and corn here up three cents right now, mid-morning. So that's kind of helping support some of these other grains. And right now, again, canola is up about $7 a ton, sitting at $860 on the November contract. So for the wheat, what pushed wheat and canola down and what's the outlook next week? Well, 
A few different things that I've been watching. I think the first thing was is that Canadian wheat production did come out from StatsCan higher than expected on their last report. So I think that was kind of a bit of a negative, a bit of a surprise. However, I don't believe that wheat is going to stay at these levels. I think it can continue the, the positive trend higher. However, that's where I always like to have both I would say targets at the lower end and the higher end that I watch because you know what you need to be unemotional if it goes down to that lower end you might be wrong and you have to reevaluate so I'm going to be watching kind of Minneapolis wheat here from that fundamental side and as well as the technical side because I think there has been some technical selling here on a lot of the grains just whether it's harvest pressure or you know I've been talking to a lot of producers and things have turned out to be you know a little bit better than expected so the market is always forward looking that way so before for canola and wheat, it was pricing in, you know, that rally to keep continuing, you know, through harvest. Well, when things turned out a little bit better, you know, that's when things has softened a little bit. So that's one thing. And then on the canola front, one definite factor has been soybean oil declining here. So soybean oil has been pushing lower, dragging canola down a little bit too. So for the canola front here, again, that's been a, a pretty big drop that we've seen. We've not seen kind of this price here since really back in kind of early August on the futures. So some important levels to be holding here for for a lot of the grain. Adam Pacallo is a Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch Eavestroffs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavestroffs.ca and Farmtronics in Regina, your farm electronic specialists. From moisture testers to security cameras, keeping your farm running productively and efficiently since 1977. 380 Henderson Drive. A market analyst says fewer yellow peas will be sold to China in the coming year as U.S. companies pay higher prices for a drought-reduced North American crop. Chuck Penner with Left Field Commodity Research provided the pea market outlook yesterday at the Canadian Pulse and Special Crops Conference. In the 2020-21 crop year, China purchased nearly 3 million tons of yellow peas from Canada, which accounted for 72% of our total exports. Some of those peas were used in fractionation for the human food market, and some went for feed. Penner believes the current high pea price will change Chinese buying patterns. The key question, of course, and I've had lots of discussions with people, is how much of that Chinese pea demand uh, was simply coming from the feed sector. And that's where we'll probably see the softness in uh, Chinese demand going forward is uh, fewer pea imports in terms of for their feed market. The remainder would be the fractionation market. My rough guess would be is that somewhere in the ballpark of uh, 1.3, 1.5 million tons would be their fractionation market. This is not a big concern for Canada because 2021 pea production is expected to be about 2.5 million tons or 2 million tons lower than last year. USP production was also hit by drought, and American buyers are looking to secure North American supplies. It's going to be a very, very strong uh, market going into 2022, and I would suspect that uh, buyers are going to be trying to be more aggressive earlier uh, with higher bids. Um, But based on this year's experiences, farmers are going to be very, very reluctant to forward contract much Uh, if at all, especially if the moisture situation doesn't start to look a little better as we go into the winter and looking ahead to next spring. Penner takes a look at current prices for yellow and green peas. 
what we have is individual bids in the uh, north of $16 a bushel for yellow peas, uh, in some cases 17 uh, or even a bit higher. So we are, frankly, at record levels uh, for yellow pea prices. That's the environment that we're in right now. It's like a number of other crops that we have going on, or, or the situation in a number of other crops uh, this year, is that farmers simply are not selling. They may not have the product, so they can't, or they're just watching this market go higher and letting it, and letting it go, or, or they're figuring out how much they have available to sell. So the question is, where does that demand start to get rationed based on those high prices? Um, in terms of green peas, prices have been higher. We have seen some extreme highs um, in 2011 and 12, uh, where we had prices close to $18 a bushel, uh, but we're really heading in that direction, and the momentum is taking us there already. So uh, that's the kind of environment, uh, price environment uh, that we have, and the situation is the same in the U.S. In fact, bids, average bid, posted bids in the U.S. from U.S. elevators are even higher, and so that's where that that's where the extreme buying is coming from right now. Chuck Penner is with Left Field Commodity Research. He provided the pea market outlook yesterday at the Canadian Pulse and Special Crops Conference. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. Joining me now are two guests, in fact, so this is a lot of fun. So here on the line, I have Troy Sherman and I have Chris Davidson. And some of you may know those names, but this is a whole new capacity. So Troy Sherman is now the um, Director of Government Relations for the Canola Council of Canada, and Chris Davidson steps in as VP, Stakeholder and Industry Relations. So welcome here, Troy and Chris. Thanks so much. Great to be with you. Yeah, thanks, Lindsay. All right. Okay. And so this should be a lot of fun, I hope. Um, I hope I don't screw this up with this many lines going at once, but we're going to try. Chris, I'll start with you. So this is, um, this is of course, a new role for you. But to our audience, of course, your name is probably quite familiar. Uh, take us through, as VP of Stakeholder and Industry Relations, what will be the first things on your plate here with the Canola Council? Yeah, great question, Lindsay. Uh, a big part of what Troy and I and the collective uh, Canola Council team are looking to do is really to advance the freedom to operate for the Canola Council, its members, and the industry. And And so what does that mean? Well, there's a few different things that go with that. Um, One of the things we always want to do in this kind of space is work to sustain and secure the portfolio of our various constituents and members, for sure. That's a key part. Um, I think we always want to look at the opportunities to to innovate, and we can innovate in a number of different ways. We can innovate through policy that we're advocating for. We can innovate through partnerships and collaborations that we've got. So that becomes uh, another key part uh, of the remit and mandate. And the last thing I would highlight, which uh, probably isn't a surprise to you, is really around uh, advocacy and mobilizing different people and stakeholders uh, to work together to advance uh, the issues and opportunities uh, that we uh, have in the sector. Now, Troy, um, so you'll be directing government relations. How how does that that dovetail into what Chris just explained there? So what what sort of do you have on your plate first thing out of the gate here? Yeah, um, it's a great question. And as you know, there's lots going on uh, right now here in Ottawa. We're in the midst of a federal election. 
There's a number of different um, policy files that are uh, still ongoing. Um, and so, you know, Chris and I will be working very closely together along with the rest of the Canadian, uh, the Canola Council team to work on things like, you know, the next agricultural policy framework, which, you know, is coming up. Uh, consultations are currently live uh, on that. Um, and so, you know, we want to feed into that along with some of our uh, industry partners uh, to make sure that we have a really kind of um, strong case for uh, renewal of that uh, program, which will be coming up in 2023. Um, and then, you know, we're just going to be looking at what's going to happen with the election and what the different priorities are going to be, not just for agriculture as a whole, but uh, also for canola and the grains and oilseed sector. So um, a lot going on along with the perennial issues of market access and trade, which, as you know, uh, are extremely important to the members of the, the Canola Council. Love the use of the word perennial. Now, as you mentioned, and of course we are well into this federal election campaign, we will know in a few weeks who will form the next government. How does the Canola Council sort of broach approaching the next government? Now, regardless of, of you know, whether some of the same players are there or it's all new, how does, how does a group like the Canola Council sort of strategize, all right, let's start to work with this government. You know, I think uh, regardless of the outcome of the election, if we go back to just prior to the election and you took a look at the various polls and and other activities that were taking place, there's a number of common activities that uh, all parties that are, are vying to win the election are, are having to address. Uh, and some of those are they're pretty familiar to us, whether it's health or health care, whether it's the economy and jobs whether it's COVID and what we hope and expect to be post-COVID, whether it's the environment, um, all of those form significant parts of, of the platforms and the positions that, uh, that the parties are bringing forward. And I think one of our tasks is, is to make sure as the Canola Council that uh, we find opportunities to uh, bring forth our issues and opportunities, but do that in a way that aligns with uh, the priorities that uh, Canadians are identifying. And uh, there's very strong alignment between those types of issues and, and the Canola Council's agenda. So uh, regardless of the outcome, as you alluded to, we'll be there. We'll be there on those issues and, and other issues for sure to advance uh, uh, the interests of the sector and the industry. So that's kind of my high-level view of that anyway. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in. No appointment necessary or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Sunny sky today. Wind southeast 20, gusting to 40, becoming light. We're looking at winds from the northwest around 40 kilometers per hour. For Saturday, partly cloudy with a high of 17, the low 5. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high 20, the low 10. Monday, partly cloudy, the high 19, the low 6. Tuesday, sunny, the high 20, the low 7. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high 22. The normal high for this date is 19, the normal low is 5 degrees. Currently... The hot spot is Estevan at 27 degrees. The cold spot, Collins Bay at 8 degrees. Estevan is 27. Saskatoon, 18. Swift Current, 20. Weyburn, 24. Yorkton is 20. 
Regina is sunny and 21. That's 70 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the north at 31, gusting to 45. Humidity is 46%. The barometer rising 101.4. Sunny in Moose Jaw, 22. Winds are from the north, northeast at 25. Once again, Regina, sunny and 21. That's 70 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive, maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. The Canadian Federation of Agriculture hosted a National Agriculture Leaders Debate last night in advance of the September 20th federal election. The first topic was about how the agricultural policy framework can be improved in 2023. The Liberals' Marie-Claude Bebeau says agri-stability has been improved and efforts are underway to introduce the notion of climate risk. Dave Epp represented the Conservative Party. He said the business risk programs need more improvements along with a more positive attitude in working with farmers in Ottawa. Alastair McGregor took part on behalf of the NDP. He said climate change will be a big factor in coming years and the next farm policy framework needs to manage the risk of climate change. The second topic centered around drought assistance. First up was Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebeau. Well, we have already spoken about the business risk management programs and I think these programs can be improved and take into consideration climate risk. And this is exactly the conversation that has already started with my provincial colleagues and with the industry, of course. But in addition to that, we have to be proactive and we have to support our farmers to be more resilient to this new reality. This is why we are putting in place a $200 million program to give farmers incentives to adopt better management practices like rotational grazing, like cover cropping, like better, better management of, of the nutrient. And we will triple the investment uh, into the clean tech programs because it was so popular a few months ago that we will triple the investment to reach almost half a billion dollars to help farmers afford energy efficient equipment, uh, for example, to grain, to, uh, to dry, <laughs> for grain dryers, uh, farm heating or precision agriculture, for example. The next speaker was Dave Epp of the Conservatives around the question of drought assistance. The review of the business risk management program was promised by this government and it's still not done. So what we have in place right now is agri-recovery. The province has stepped forward. Yes, the provincial, uh, the federal government put forward a small amount of money, uh, nowhere near to the disaster that our Western colleagues are facing. And so it was again leadership from the provinces that finally was matched at the 11th hour. What about the tax? I mean, right now there is livestock starving or livestock herds being dispersed. What about the livestock tax deferral? Right now I'm aware of in Ontario 40,000 bales of hay waiting for some federal help on transportation to get to those needing that. Where is that leadership from the federal government? And Alastair McGregor of the NDP suggests a soil management and conservation strategy among several solutions for drought. 
more help is going to be needed, uh, not only for, for what's happened this year, but in future years. I mean, it's very important for us to understand this is now going to be a long-term trend. And we are going to see more and more of these extreme weather events. So if, if we don't start changing the policy to seriously confront climate change, uh, our farmers are going to continue to see these effects. And we have to ask ourselves as a country, how many more future tax dollars are we prepared to spend to mitigate against the effects of climate change before we understand that the smart money is to make those critical investments now. The CFA sponsored the agricultural debate last night. The federal election is September 20th. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Manitoba's harvest has reached the halfway mark. Manitoba Agriculture Oilseed Specialist Dane Fraze says farmers have been making excellent progress in spite of recent rain. Yes, farmers are adept at dodging clouds and we're able to uh, complete some harvest as storm conditions or, or rainy weather delayed operations a little bit. But we did see harvest progress rapidly ramp up in the southwest and northwest regions as crops became more mature or they reached the correct stage for uh, desiccation application. So we're seeing spring cereals there uh, cross that uh, 60% threshold and into 75% complete or more in the northwest and starting to see a pretty good jump on canola harvest as well. Fraze says weather was the main cause of crop loss during the past week. There's some isolated incidents where extreme rain or hail and wind may have uh, knocked some canola out of, out of the pods or, or caused some shattering. Wind has been more of an issue on swath canola. We did see and hear of a couple of producers that were chasing canola swaths after being blown around the field. Uh, canola yield is lower this year, as we know, and lighter canola swaths mean that wind is much more prone to picking up and moving those swaths across the field, and that can be a challenge at this time of year. Dane Fraze compiles the weekly crop report for Manitoba Agriculture. 2021 is the International Year of Fruits and Vegetables. A recent study by Dalhousie suggests the vast majority of Canadians are not eating the recommended servings of fruits and veggies, as set out in the most recent Canada Food Guide. Canada's food professor, Dr. Sylvain Charlebois, says the study found a number of reasons for this. The first was price, which he says it's actually quite strange this year because the price for produce has actually gone down. But other key reasons were the time it takes to prepare veggies, and a lot of people simply didn't know how to cook them. The professor also had some other interesting findings from the survey. He did not study consumption of the so-called plant-based meat products. This is all about fiber. This, uh, this, this survey is, is very much about uh, fruits and vegetables, and we focused on that essentially. So we looked at uh, barriers. Uh, we looked at um, uh, the knowledge, where, where people get information to, to eat fruits and vegetables. We looked also at food safety and pesticide residues uh, and things like that. So those are... Those are things we looked at very closely. With proteins, uh, we've actually done a lot of other surveys on proteins, but, not th but this is not one of them. Charlebois says there was some concern in, among the public about the use of pesticides on fruit and vegetable crops. Yeah, more than we thought, actually. 63.7% of Canadians actually are concerned about pesticide residues when buying a product at the grocery store, even though the science will suggest that risks are very low for humans. 
uh, that percentage is, that percentage actually uh, gets lower at farmers markets at uh, I believe it's at 43 percent, but still those percentages are pretty high, and so I think what's pushing uh, people to think that. Uh, Pushing them to, to, to be concerned is, is the media and some reports about glyphosate and, uh, and how chemicals are used in agriculture. But frankly, uh, and I'm sure you've had other guests on, the sh- on your show talking about this, risks are, are, are quite low. Uh, you really, there's, there's no way for, for, for a, con- a consumer to be harmed by chemicals on, on products. But of course, it's important to clean your produce when you purchase them from the store. That's Dr. Sylvain Charlebois at Dalhousie University. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. And Western Ag Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit GrowMoreProfit.com. Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. Viterra prices for Durham fell eighteen dollars thirty-seven cents at six forty-three twenty-one. Canola rose three ten at eight thirty-seven twenty-two. One red spring wheat fell five twenty-four at three sixty-nine eighty-three. The rest were unchanged. Feed barley three thirty-four sixty-five. Flax nine seventy three twenty one lentils ten sixty two fifty one thousand sixty two dollars fifty cents oats three sixty two fifty three yellow peas five hundred five dollars nineteen cents feed wheat two sixty one sixty five on the Minneapolis exchange this morning hard red spring wheat for December fell eight and three quarter cents at eight sixty three and three quarter cent a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. And now, the latest Livestock Quotes. This is Grant Barnett with the Market Report. Heartland Livestock here in Moose Jaw. Just over 200 on offer here at Moose Jaw this week. Cow market, it looked pretty steady to last week. There is just quite a difference out there between these top-end high-yielding cows and these Shelly and her wet cows. The good cows, 74 to 79. Sales right up to 82 and a quarter. Medium and Shelly cows, they're anywhere from 66 to 73. The good bulls, a dollar two to a dollar 13 and a quarter. Calves are selling strong right now with a thousand plus yearlings and calves expected here for our Tuesday, September 14th pre-sort. Cows and bulls are selling on Thursday only from now till spring. This is Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have one great afternoon. Now the latest pork prices. Ham sold 7,000 hogs Thursday, selling in a range of 219 to 236 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 5,800 head, selling in a range of 217 to 233 per CKG. 100 index hog prices for the week ending Saturday, September 11th are Oli West 2020 contract, 225.20, Oli West 2021 contract, 235.60, Maple Leaf Sig 4, 218.78, Hams Cash, 216.78, Thunder Creek Brickco, 226.32, and High Life Cash, $231.52 per CKG. Hams Cash hog price today is down and four contract prices opened lower this morning. On Thursday, the Canadian dollar is up 14 basis points, with a daily exchange rate at 1.2654. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 79.13 cents U.S. 
Daily U.S. cash prices are lower to finish the week, with all reporting regions coming in between $0.57 U.S. 100 weight and $2.58, lower relative to the previous day. In every recent year except 2016, cash prices have seen some strength heading into October from about this marketing week. And while there is evidence of tight live supplies on the ground, the support in the cash markets has yet to develop. Ongoing softness in the value of the pork cutout continues to pressure, but is still at record levels for the marketing week. Like live cash markets, the value of the carcass typically sees some strength heading further into the fall, but like cash, that support is yet to develop. This morning's weekly export sales report showed physical deliveries of U.S. pork were slightly higher than the previous reporting period ending September 2nd, but 10.5% lower than the 2020 marketing year. Almost all market watchers expect China to take more commitments, and if last year was any guide, their expectations more high-volume weeks will be observed out to the end of the year. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by the Perry Co-op Grow Team, fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton, and Strasburg. The Mennonite Disaster Service has launched a Hay West program to deliver hay to drought-stricken farmers in Saskatchewan. The chair of the Mennonite Disaster Service in Ontario, Nick Ham, says it's payback time. He says nine years ago, farmers in Saskatchewan sent hay to drought-stricken livestock producers in Ontario through Mennonite Disaster Service Canada. He says Saskatchewan farmers helped those in Ontario, and it's time to return the favour. Through Hay West, the Mennonite Disaster Service hopes to send 50 truckloads of donated hay to Saskatchewan this fall. Ontario trucking companies are being asked to move the hay at reduced rates. The first two truckloads are scheduled to arrive in Saskatchewan today. The hay will be made available to family farms in Saskatchewan at a cost of $0.10 per pound for dairy grade and $0.07 per pound for beef grade. Ham says this is what hay used to cost before the drought, but it's gone up to $0.20 a pound, which is too expensive for smaller farmers. Funds collected will be used to offset the transportation costs. Farmers who want to receive hay can apply on the MDS Canada website or call 306-716-5909. On the markets, the TSX is up 8 points at 20,713. The Dow has fallen 15 points at 34,864. Oil is up $1.63 at 69.77 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is up 8 one-hundredths of a cent at 79.04 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.